Hello, my friend. Welcome to Something for Everybody, the podcast to help those who listen feel more loved and connected through story sharing. My name is Aaron Mashbitz, and my mission is to help you realize your potential and capabilities through conversations and deep insights so you can make your prior best your new baseline. Hannah Schmitz joins the podcast this week. And Hannah is a wellness pro and an online fitness coach. And in this conversation, she details why her morning routine is so important, how to build new habits, and she talks about going viral on Instagram and social media as a whole. She also debunks some myths about fitness that are very, very important. In other news, this show is brought to you by Amare. Amare is the mental wellness company, and I use their products every single day. So click the link in the show notes, check out which products might be best for you, and then use the code EVERYBODY at checkout for $10 off your entire order. Now, on to episode 179 of Something for Everybody. Hello, my friend, and welcome to Something for Everybody. My name is Aaron Mashbitz. Hannah, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Before I ask you my very first question, I want to publicly acknowledge you for helping my fiance um, get into her fittest, most healthiest version of herself, Um, watching someone you love just get so determined with where they want to be and then being willing to ask someone to help them, I think is, is quite admirable. And you happen to be that person that she asked for help. And so I want to say thank you because seeing her be proud of her work and the way she looks and the way she feels um, makes me feel better and love her even more. So thank you. Well, you literally just gave me chills <laughs> saying that because I use your fiance as um, actually like an example of what you can accomplish if you do stick to the plan and use all of the tools that I give you like perfectly. Um, and I swear every time that she does a check-in with me, my smile is like just as big as it was whenever you were just saying how proud you were of her because um, she's been kicking butts so i've loved every second of working with her yeah she's a little she's a little little rock star isn't she eh she really is she really is but yeah i want i want to say that because i think it's important right you as a coach i coach as well and sometimes the coaching business can be a, a thankless job right we don't do it to get like the appreciation or the validation but we're like human beings right so it's like it's nice to be like yeah your your work is working or the thing you're doing how you're serving people is actually helping someone and it's nice to know that because a lot of times we're the ones encouraging someone else like to do the stuff and it's like majority of the time at least in my experience i know all of the coaches that i have have coaches or mentors or role models and a lot of people who work with us or work with you probably don't see that side of you also needing some motivation or some help or whatever the case may be is because you're that person for them. And so I think acknowledging that it's all just like a cycle, like everyone has someone, hopefully everyone has someone, right? Especially the people who are trying to like serve at the highest level, which is, you know, what you're trying to do with getting, I think mostly women in sort of the best mental physical shape uh, of their life. So I think that's important. hundred percent. I, 
try to, as often as I can, remind people, especially on my social media platform, but within my community as well, that even trainers need trainers because we all go through it. We all lose motivation. We all need that accountability sometimes. Um, my fiance and I just signed up for F45 because we were like, we are in a dang rut. We need somebody to be like, you know, chirping in our ears, like grab a heavier weight, go a little bit harder. So yeah, even trainer need, trainers need trainers. Absolutely. Yeah. I, uh, I wanted to start that way, but I usually start with this very important question, which I'll ask you now. And it is, uh, how are you doing? Like, actually, how are you doing? I think I'm actually doing the best that I have been in a very long time. I think a big portion of that is that I have recently um, come to terms with the fact that I was kind of in somewhat of a rut um, in different assets, you know, of my life. But I recently really sat down and was like, I'm going to do an audit of everywhere where I can just be better. Um, and it's amazing what happens whenever you sit down and truly just kind of digest everything that maybe you have been lacking in a little bit. Um, so it's amazing. I wake up excited for a 7am workout. Never in my life have I ever felt that way. Um, and just, you know, overall happier throughout the day. So actually probably the best that I've been in, in quite some time. Hmm. When, when was it not this good? And do you know why it wasn't this good? I think off and on, um, you know, I've gone through ups and downs as far as my um, motivation goes, as far as my just day-to-day, -day, you know, anxiety um, or just feeling kind of down. Uh, obviously, you know, recently, I guess not obviously to a lot of your um, followers, but I recently competed in a bodybuilding competition and that was a big um inner look into myself. It was me versus me every single day. And I really had never been challenged mentally in that capacity. Um, so it was a lot of up and ups and downs, a lot of excitement, but also a lot of anxieties, a lot of, you know, lack of energy, lack of motivation. The first time in my life where I was not excited to go to the gym at all dreading it. Um, and then afterwards, you know, just kind of feeling lost. So that was three ish months ago that I competed. So afterwards, just kind of feeling lost, not sure what to do as far as my exercise goes, not sure what to do as far as just motivation and energy um, went. So really, I would say this spring was um, kind of a big rut for me. And then what was the let's say, uh, catalyst to, to reevaluate, to reorganize, to look at things differently, um, to get to you or the spot where you are now? I wouldn't say necessarily that it was a specific moment that I can even put, put my finger on, but more so just being tired of being unmotivated and mm -hmm lack of energy and feeling anxious throughout the day. You know, being an entrepreneur, you don't have somebody on top of you all day long telling you, get this done by 10, get this done by noon, etc. So feeling just kind of like all over the place, scatterbrained, unmotivated. And I think week after week, I just got more and more and more tired of it until, um, you know, my fiance and I both were like, okay, 
let's do something. And I think um, a huge part of us committing to actually doing something was that we were in it together um, because having an accountability buddy is huge for those kinds of big transitions in life. Yes. Yeah. Any sort of person who can be there to be like, you said you were going to do this, mm -hmm. right? A lot of times that's ourself, right? And we're just building up that sort of undeniable stack of proof that we are who we say we are. Like I say, I'm going to do this. So when I say I'm going to do it, I'm the person who says that. And I think a lot of times with sort of fitness, especially like the starting marker is way too big. It's way too lofty. It's like, I'm going to start this exercise routine on January 1st and I'm going to work out four times a week for 60 minutes. That's a lot of exercise for like anyone, right? Mm -hmm. um, and exercise doesn't mean sort of the micro movements you get throughout the day. And I want to ask you about that as well because I think that's something that you touch on. But that's like a lot of exercise. If you've never exercised, you're now you're working out for four, for an hour, four times a week. You know, Absolutely. I like to say you're, you want to make your, your habits too small to fail. So it might be seem embarrassing, but it's not embarrassing. It's your starting point. So I'm going to say my workout routine is going to be one jumping jack one time a week. Mm -hmm. Yeah. If you tell other people that, they might be like, dude, that's, that's kind of fucking lame. But you don't need to tell anyone. It's not for anyone else. Yeah, you can tell maybe your romantic partner or your best friend because they're someone who loves and supports you no matter what. But it's not for the whole world. And you wake up Monday morning, you're like, okay, fucking one jumping jack. You're done. Right. You are right. the person who says the thing they're going to do. And then you're never going to stop at just one. Like, no way. Not a chance, right? You're going to get right. some fucking, some nice bonus reps in. So nay, now you've done four. You've actually 4 x what you originally said. And you do that for a few weeks on end. And you build 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 and you build. And now four or five years down the road, you are the person who works out four times a week for 60 minutes because you actually have built this thing into your life as something that you enjoy. You're intrinsically motivated by it. And it's just a part of the fabric of your being. But if I'm saying that the first time I work out, I'm doing 75 hard, dude, that, that's like, that's a wild, you got to work out twice a day. You got to drink 75 gallons of water. You got to take this, 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 you got to read. I'm fucking overwhelmed just like talking about the thing. You know what I mean? And so just like being able to have that starting point be so ridiculously small to the mm -hmm. point where you know that you can do it no matter fucking what, no matter what. I think right. that's extremely important uh, in regards to anything, but especially sort of our fitness journeys. Yeah, I agree 100%. And actually, it's funny that you phrased it in that manner, because in my consultation sessions with any new client, I have them tell me the most realistic guess of how often do you want to exercise? How often do you see yourself exercising? Whether that's in the gym, that's at home, going for walks throughout the day. Um, how often do you see yourself moving throughout the week? And, you know, everyone exaggerates a little bit, but they'll give you a scale, you know, two to three, four days, um, three to five days. And I will always go with the lowest number that they've given me sometimes even one lower because I want them to feel accomplished every single week. I want it to be so easy that they're coming to me saying, I think I need a little bit more than this. Mm. And I say, no, 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 no. We're going to wait a few more weeks where you're itching for more because those successes week after week make you want more. You're not going into, you know, a check-in with me feeling guilty because you said four workouts a week, but really you should have said two. So we start out super, super small because you can always add more, but having those small successes that you celebrate along the way adds to that enjoying the journey, you know, enjoying the process part of it. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and then uh, recently with your sort of uh, reorganized motivation uh, fitness F45 thing you got going on right now, you reconstructed your your morning routine. Um, has your morning routine uh, – have you always had a morning routine? Why is it important? And what's what's involved in your morning routine now? So I have never had a morning routine mm. ever I think in my entire life since I was literally like, you know, a kid. Um, normally, I wake up at the last minute that I possibly <laughs> have to. Um, I roll out of bed. I do the bare minimum, you know, to get ready for my day. If I have a client at nine, I'm rolling out at 845 and I'm, you know, wiping the sleep out of my eyes and I'm going straight into my work. So, of course, that caused a lot of anxiety throughout the day because I didn't have time to really get myself ready and organized for my day. So we, um, I guess two weeks in now, I ordered the five-minute journal. I had heard incredible things about it. So um, knew that, you know, it already had great reviews, knew that it already had a lot of success with other people. So just went ahead for it. Sound like something that, you know, was super easy for me to implement. I've got five minutes in the morning and evening. Who doesn't? And so we start out first thing in the morning. I ended up ordering one for my fiance too, because accountability buddy hmm. makes everything easier. So um, we sign up for F45 the night before so that you have to wake up and go to it. You know, they, they charge you if you don't, which is wonderful. Um, so we sign up for that 7 a.m. class. We set our alarms for, you know, 6.15. We wake up and do our five-minute journal in bed. So that's, you know, an easy way for us to start our day. We're not jumping right out of bed, going straight to F45. We're laying there for a second, you know, journaling for five minutes. Um, we then go to F45, come back with plenty of time to make a yummy breakfast, a yummy healthy breakfast, um, make coffee, enjoy our morning a little bit. You know, we've got about an hour or so until both of us start our days. So that is our new routine. And I literally, my entire life, when people would be like, I just love waking up early, I would be like, bullshit. No, you don't. <laughs> you say that to make yourself wake up earlier, but no way you enjoy it. But it is amazing how much it changes your day structure. It, it takes so much anxiety off of my plate throughout the day. And just really, I think makes me less, um, you know, brain fog, scatterbrained, whatever, because I have time to really think about my day and get prepared for it. Yeah. It's beautiful. It's really, it really is like, and the, the thing, like, because so many people talk about morning routines on the internet, right? Influencers, coaches, all these people, right? So so the regular person sort of gets like, they're like, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing a morning routine. It's too structured. Like, I'm not listening to all these people. Everyone's talking about it. I'm not doing it, right? And so there's like the extreme version of it. And then it's like, well, okay, how can you spend like a little bit of time in the morning trying to get ready for your day? Because- what it is, the morning routine is really like it's an AM and a PM bookend. That's what I like to call it. Your morning and your nighttime routine are the bookends for your day, right? Your your new day actually starts the night before. So we can think about a nighttime routine maybe later. But instead of a morning routine, right, the reason you have a morning and a nighttime routine is because those are the only times throughout the day where you have full control over what you do. 
right? In the midst of the day, you have work, you have kids, you have this, you have that. There's so many uncontrollable variables that I don't know what's going to happen. So I have to be flexible in those moments. But the hour right. before I go to bed and the hour before I do anything when I wake up, like I have full control over that. And so to implement something like anything that's just going to help you a little bit function a little bit higher or with more energy during the day is like a beautiful thing. Now, it doesn't have to be a meditation, a journal, a cold plunge, a sauna, a 15-minute mindfulness session, then a work. It doesn't have to be all of that. It can be right. any of those things. All of those things are great. Yours includes a little bit of journaling, a workout, and some food, mm -hmm. basically, right? That's awesome. Right. And so you got to pick out in terms of all of these things that could be used, all of these amazing tools that are available to us to make us our best selves. What works for you? Journaling is awesome because it gets what's in your brain onto a piece of paper. It's a forcing function. It allows you to see what's good in your life, maybe what things you want to work on, your checklist for today, or whatever the case may be is, right? Do we want to do a breathing practice? Do we want to go for a run? Do we want to work out? Do we want to uh, have a sauna, a cold plunge? Like whatever it is, but it has to be something that you've uh, deliberately and intentionally put in the beginning of your day because you have control over it. Then the rest of your day is whatever, but you feel like you're in more of uh, in yourself because you've done this thing in the morning. And I think that that's where people get lost about the morning routine. Like it's not really about productivity and all these things. Like you will probably be more productive throughout the day, but it's really about being able to own a part of your day and accomplish something. So when the rest of your day gets super hectic and you have three flat tires and your kid throws up and you spill coffee on your shirt on the way to work, or I don't know, your kid pooped his pants, like all of these things, like what the fuck? Like right. that are just all normal life stuff or you got fired from your job or your boss yelled at you or like things that are just going to happen. Like, you right. know, that when you go back to your house that day, you're like, okay, I still like got this done. I can still be where my feet are right now. And I can be like, all right, how can I handle this? Because I know that I can. And that's why it's important. Not just like doing the morning routine because like people on the internet say you should do it. <laughs> so. Right. Exactly. And I, a lot of times, and I'm sure that I'm not the only one, but a lot of times whenever I've heard about morning routines, it is often from moms who then, you know, they wake up before their kid does because once that kid opens their eyes, their day is no longer their day. Mm -hmm. But in reality, that's all of us. You know, as soon as we go out the door, as soon as we get to work, as soon as we, you know, our day starts, our day isn't 100% ours anymore. Just like you said, you know, so many factors that could end up going wrong. So it really, it really is pretty amazing to wake up before life starts, you know, and you just kind of get your own time to yourself that you are, like you said, in full control of. It's very cool and very much worth all of the hype that I thought was total bullshit. <laughs> Good. I'm glad. I'm glad you're reinforcing uh, that on this on this episode because I talk about the morning routine a lot. And so uh, thank you. <laughs> if I would have seen this a little bit earlier, maybe I would have, uh, you know, been a few months ahead. No, it came to you at the perfect time, at the perfect time, just just when you need it, right? Um, but uh, yeah, let's let's talk a little bit more about habits because I know you've been talking a lot about that and um, some of your coaching practice is about obviously creating a habit of healthy lifestyle choices. So how do you, how do you talk to your clients about building habits? I know we touched on a little bit about starting very small, but is there anything else um, that's important to you when talking to them about building these these long, healthy habits? 
Yeah. So the really cool thing about the tools that I use for habit building is that we do one small habit at a time so that they're not overwhelmed. So something that is super attainable, just like how we talked about with the, you know, workout programming, don't overdo it and burn yourself out. I'm talking about whether it's a five minute meditation in the evening that you end up falling asleep to, or you go for a walk over lunch, or you're drinking a little bit more water throughout the day, whatever it is that's super duper duper attainable. And then we build on that. So once that is a habit, you know, maybe we do it for a week, maybe we do it for a month, depending on what that habit is, how difficult it is to implement into their routine we build on that so that they continue say that it's making their bed in the morning and they've done that for a month and now they're like okay now i want to wake up a little bit earlier well now we're doing waking up 30 minutes earlier you know for the next month and that makes making the bed a little bit easier so it's it's building blocks where you from month one to month six maybe you add six new habits They don't feel like they're a big chore because you're doing them one at a time. They're super attainable. And then at the end of those six months, you're like, holy moly, did I just change my life? And I think that kind of tricking yourself into changing your entire routine, changing your entire day, your life, prioritizing yourself in ways that are super easy, um, your mental health, physical health, routine, whatever, tricking yourself into doing that is one of the best ways that you can. I mean, there's two types of people. One that it's going to be, you know, they need to ease themselves into it. They need to have that um, kind of slower roll into it. And then there's the people who are like, I'm zero to 100 baby, which is me. And I just need a whole new routine all, you know, all together. So you kind of have to obviously gauge the client, gauge where they're at, make sure that how you're approaching this is going to be achievable for them. But I would say probably eight out of 10 people need it to be an achievable small task that doesn't seem like a chore to them and then build off of that. Hmm. Yeah, it's so important, right? Because, you know, you are what you do daily. It's as simple Mm -hmm. as that, right? You are what you do daily. You are the choices that you make and life has a lot of peaks and valleys, let's say, and there's a lot of parts of life that we don't have any control over, but we absolutely do have control over the choices we make and the deliberate actions we take to um, to be our best selves, right? And I like to break it down into four, very four, four things, like eating well, moving well, sleeping well, and thinking well. That's it. That's life right there, mm-hmm. very simply, right? And you do the same thing. You do eating, you do sleeping, you talk about mindset, which is thinking well. And obviously about moving well, right? So people, I think, like to make it too complicated because there's because there's so much information, right? Every everyone is talking about everything all of the time. Oh yeah. Oh my god. Overload. Overload. So what? what, Saturated. Yeah. Like, what am I supposed to do if every I'm supposed to do everything all of the time? I'm supposed to do 35 minutes in the sauna, then take a five minute cold plunge, then go rucking, then do rock climbing, then do yoga, then do stretching, then do mobility, then take care of my kids, then eat well, then have them eat well, then go play a sport, then move, then have a nighttime routine, then have a daytime. Like, you know, all of those things are important and we should be making time for all of those things. That's not really my point is that we have to simplify it so much that for the regular person who has a nine to five, who has kids, who wants to go out with their friends, who wants to drink a little alcohol potentially, who wants to go on vacation, can still do all of these things so we can live 
long, healthy lives. Like that's mm-hmm. the point. So if we can break it down so small and so concrete and so simple that you need to eat well, move well, sleep well, and think well, the majority of the time, like 80, 20, right. you're, you're doing fucking awesome. You're in like the top 1% of people on the planet because sadly yeah. the majority of at least Americans are you know, obese and overweight and out of shape and don't work out and all of these things. And so you can be um, that person, that person who takes care of themselves. And then you're already putting yourself at a competitive advantage by just like doing these little things that make such a huge difference, like changing your habits or making your bed in the morning or whatever the case may be. Yeah, I've, I just kind of the last few weeks of changing up our routine started to realize that everybody already has a million habits that they do every single day. You know, we're still waking up, whether that's at 6.30 in the morning or it's at 9.30 in the morning. We're going to bed probably around the same time, whether that's two in the morning or nine at night. We are, you know, grabbing for our phone first thing in the morning and we're scrolling for 10 minutes before we get out of bed. So it's interesting to me that we all have habits, but if we're intentional about those habits, we can make those habits beneficial for us. So we're still doing something, you know, in bed, um, very similar to what we were doing before where we're waking up and before we were just scrolling for 10 minutes, we're still laying in bed, not getting out of bed for five or 10 minutes whenever we wake up, but now we're journaling and that's so much more beneficial. I actually, there was a morning where, um, Connor was already, you know, scrolling on his bed before he um, opened up his journal. And uh, I look over and it's something negative going on in the world, you know, just like how social media is in general. You're you're reading it and you're like crying because it's about a dog that somebody found that was malnourished or whatever. And I'm like, I bet if you grabbed your journal before you grabbed your phone, that would have started your day a whole lot different. And it's it's just so interesting to me that we all do have habits. It's just, are you being intentional with them? Or are you just going on autopilot and being unintentional with your day? So it isn't really throwing that big of a wrench into it. It's just being a little bit more intentional. Yes, absolutely. That's a that's a powerful word, that, that word intention, right? Like being For very sure. deliberate with how you choose um, to live your life. I mean, it's, it's very important because this is the, you know, this is the only life we have. There's no, it's not a dress rehearsal, right? There's no second run at this thing, right? It's this right now, one life in front of us. And each of us that are here on this earth that we're born are fucking miracles. You're a miracle. You are, everyone listening right. is a miracle. I'm a miracle. And just with that in mind, you have to be able to the world needs you to express your unique gifts and talents. And if you're too tired or all you do is scroll social media and you're sort of in a brain fog all the time, not being able to utilize and reach your full potential and express those unique gifts that only you have, there's never going to be another you. It's literally not possible, at least as far as I know. Maybe when I'm like in the ground for like 200 years and some other shit happens. But right now, right now, I know that. There is no other you. It's like not, it's like no other with your makeup, with your genes, with your parents, with your life. Then you have to be able to be energized with this energized tranquility to go out and express your unique gifts. And it starts with the choices you make and it ends with the choices you make as well. And so uh, it's not like a small thing. Like it, it, it matters so fu- It matters so much, so much. Absolutely. Um, I love and- that. There's no dress rehearsal because, like, wouldn't it be amazing if there was? But, like, 
there's not, you're just, you're going in and whatever your choices are, those are your choices. So like you do, it's so crazy that you, we will have, I mean, still, even with us, you know, being intentional, there'll still be days where I'm kind of on autopilot going through and then I'll sit down, you know, to write my journal. I'm like, dang, I didn't even realize that I did all of this awesome stuff and I really wasn't in the moment for it or, you know, whatever it is, but, um, it, you have no idea how much impact you can have on other people because you're being intentional, because you're moving through your day in a different way than just, you know, autopilot. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Speaking of having an impact on people, you have quite a, quite a large following on Instagram. And a few weeks ago, maybe a month ago now, you had a very viral Instagram video. I did. Uh, yes. Um, <laughs> People can go check out the video if they want. I think it's got like, before we start recording, it's got almost 7 million views. But my point of bringing it up is that that's a lot of views. That's a lot of attention. You have a lot of followers as well. Um, how did you handle sort of the attention of that video? Because some of the comments I'm sure were not nice or friendly or kind. Um, just like everything that we do in the world, people just sometimes just won't agree, which is fine. It yep. is what it is. Yep. Um, yeah, so how did you handle that? What was your thought process there? Um, how do you feel about having a, a large following? That's a, quite a responsibility and things like that. So yeah, open forum. You know, I have never up until that video, interestingly enough, and I'll get into that next because I think it's kind of silly, but, um, I've never had any kind of anxiety surrounding, um, negative comments on my social media because, Oftentimes it is, um, you know, stuff that can kind of just roll off the shoulders. I know that it's not um, really my community that uh, is commenting the negative stuff. So I, I know that I'm not, um, you know, wrongly hurting any of my community's feelings or even really hurting feelings in general. It's just negative comments kind of a thing. For this particular video, it was um, perceived by some people in a way that I did not want people to think that um, that I the message that I was trying to give off, mm -hmm. I did not want it to be perceived that way. So it was a silly video. I probably threw it together in like 30 seconds, which it's always those ones that end up going freaking viral. <laughs> um, but if anybody has not seen the video, essentially it is uh, making fun of myself for wearing just oversized t-shirts and Goodwill old clothing to the gym um, versus, you know, matching sets and, and looking cute. So the ones that perceived the video in a negative light thought that I was kind of making fun of those who did wear matching sets to the gym or mm -hmm. did want to look nice going to the gym. And uh, the reason why I did let this one get to me a little bit more than other ones is because I never want any, especially women, um, to feel uncomfortable about anything that, that revolves around the gym. If you want to look cute, if you want to wear your makeup, if you want to wear your hair down and matching sets and all of that, do it. If that makes you feel good, do it. If you want to wear baggy t-shirts and oversized clothing and Walmart, Goodwill, whatever, do that. You're here. I'm happy that you're here. Um, I recently went to the gym and like every squat rack was taken by a woman and it was the best gym experience that I think I've had in a long time. Um, so 
it was one of those things where I really had to um, decide whether I was going to try and make anybody who perceived it in a different way than I intended it to be perceived. I, I had to figure out if that was worth me, you know, going through every comment um, and kind of explaining that that is not how I intended the video to be received. So um, it was interesting. I think that it was something where it was a learning lesson for me, for sure, where I'm, you know, I do have a, a decent following and there are going to be a lot of eyes on my videos. And if I don't take an extra second to make sure that a video that I'm posting isn't going to be perceived negatively, that chances are there could be people that, you know, take it the wrong way. So it was actually, I think, good for me to kind of have that learning lesson of there are going to be a lot of eyes on on your videos and just be a little bit more careful about how you word things and make sure that you are being in intentional. Um, so definitely, um, definitely an interesting one, though. I never thought that an Adam Sandler video would be taken negatively, but I guess you gotta guess you gotta really think about everybody's uh, perceptions of things. Yeah, it's a it's a challenging one. You know, I uh, it took me like 150 episodes of this podcast to get a a, a a negative comment, and when I got it, I was like, "Hell yeah, let's go! Great job!" <laughs> you know, because that's you know, at some point, it means at least for a podcast, right? Someone's listening, they listened to the whole thing and they totally disagreed and they thought you were an idiot. I want people, I'll, I want everyone to think I'm a dummy because <laughs> then I have to figure it out. I have to get more sophisticated with my language. I have to get really concrete on my points. I have to verbalize my opinions better, right? So those things matter. If everyone's always telling you, you know, great job or they're not saying anything, right? For this, a long time for this podcast, it was like I was speaking into a vacuum. So, but we're here, we're like 180 episodes in. And so I want that sort of feedback, right? You need it, right? I've been, I was an athlete my whole life. You don't understand that completely, right? It's like, you can't get better at anything unless someone's telling you how to get better. Now, the thing with social media is like the, the feedback is sort of mm, like in between the really harsh comment, you know, like, it's like, yeah. you're a dumbass, but here's the rest <laughs> of what I actually thought, right? Or whatever, you know, and that's in my case, right? In your case, people just didn't sort of perceive the video you wanted to perceive, right? Which we can't control that because people have different perceptions and different lenses on life and all of that stuff. And so it's just an interesting, social media is so interesting it in is. that regard, you know? Yeah. And, and I think, you know, it took me about five years to get um, the following that I have now, almost six. Um, and it has been such an incredible journey. And for the most part, um, even, you know, the negative comments, just like you said, that it's means for growing. Uh, a lot of times it's something that you just kind of get a giggle out of because you're like, okay, you know, I knew I'd get a troll or two on, on this. Um, but definitely in certain situations, it's one of those things where it it is beneficial because you can learn, you can grow, you can make sure that um, you take an extra second to uh, look back and and think before you post and understand that there's a lot of responsibility with what it is that you are posting. So, um, but I recently did uh, was chatting with a girl in the gym, and I don't think that she 
followed me um, or knew, you know, who I was. And she had mentioned something about, uh, I told her, you know, complimented her outfit. And she's like, yeah, normally I look like Adam Sandler in the gym, but uh, today I just went with a matching set and I was like, oh my God, I think I really did something here. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. Um, yeah. Also not to sort of minimize the, the comments, like they still do affect people, right? Like, mm -hmm. Um, we're not like these sort of robots who aren't affected by anything, uh, especially people who are getting, you know, have millions and millions and millions of followers who are getting, you know, too many comments that one person can even comprehend looking at. Um, yep. but our eyes only go to that one bad thing when we're, when most of the time the thing was really positive or, uh, really uplifting or people are inspired or encouraged by. It. And so we really have to train ourselves our bodies, our minds, our eyes to to scan for the positive, to look for the good, to hunt for right. the good stuff, because then that one little thing is totally going to throw us off. And it's okay if it, if it has an impact on us. We're still human. But how do we then sort of flush that and realize, like, this is the work that I'm meant to be doing. I wanted to post this thing. This is, this is like what I choose to do. And now in a couple months or a couple years, I may look back and my views and opinions may look different because humans evolve and that's beautiful and that's part of the process. But right now, this is the stance that I take and, and this is where I choose to, um, to stand. And it's interesting because your video was sort of like a funny video, but you know, it, it sort of sparked all of these thoughts in me. So I just wanted to touch base with you about it, but. Yeah, well, and I, I think that um, being open about those kinds of reactions to any kind of negative comments has been something that I found beneficial um, because it is a little embarrassing to be like, hey, you know, to my fiance, to my parents, to my family, to my friends, like, hey, I'm kind of going through it. And it's because of a comment section on a silly video that I made. But it's real, you know, you are a human, you are going to, I know many influencers who have touched on the subject of, you know, negative comments really affecting their mental health and feeling the need to take a step back from social media or whatever it is. Um, and I do think, you know, oftentimes people don't realize that those influencers are real people, especially the ones with, you know, a million or more followers, they don't see them as real people oftentimes they see them as just a personality, you know, on a screen. So um, I, I remember, you know, sitting on our couch, watching a movie and looking over at my fiance and being like, I'm really, I'm, I'm having a lot of anxiety right now and I need to talk to you about it. And he was like, what's going on? You know, it's not that big of a deal. I'm like, no, I know, but kind of is to me, you know, right. in this moment. Um, and so just being open about those those reactions to all of that, I think has been helpful for me personally. And also understanding that this does happen to every social media influencer that there is on this planet. And some unfortunately get it a lot more than, you know, I do. So Yeah. Yeah, we have to we have to know that these people are real. Mm-hmm. They're real. They have emotions. They feel sad, depressed, angry just because they have a lot of money or a lot of followers. Um, doesn't mean anything, right? No one is immune and to mental health and mental health does not discriminate, right? We're all going to feel these things one way or another. And so we can disagree with someone's point of view. That's totally fine. Totally. <laughs> I love disagreeing. I bring people on this podcast who have different views because we have a conversation about it. We talk things through. 
all of that stuff. But mm -hmm. there's a point where disagreement uh, doesn't have to equal hate, right? There's like, right. I, can, I respect you, Hannah, as a person if we totally have different views because I see that, that you have a different lens on life. You grew up somewhere else. You had this influence you or this really touched you or this thing now makes you feel this way. Awesome. But I still respect you as a very uh, important person because you're real. Mm -hmm. You're in front of me. You're a human. Uh, right. And that is the most important part about all of that stuff. I can leave a comment. That's that's totally fine. It's my right. That's the whole point of the social media platform is to be able to interact with people. But how you leave that comment is a true reflection on you. Um, and so that's the most important part. Yeah, you may disagree. You may not like the video or the conversation or the topic. Say it in, in as kind as compassionate way as you can while still getting your point across. And if you can do that, then then the social media platforms are actually doing what they're designed to do because right now they're not doing a lot of great stuff. But I can't say that as someone who uses it a lot and makes money off of it and we're talking over the internet. It's like, so I have a hard time being that hypocritical about it uh, since I'm using it, but we could do a better job. Individually, we could make that choice to do a better job. I 100% agree. And I think that social media is what you make of it. I think that you can, especially with how it's curated now, you know, you can make it a more positive experience. Um, I think that the people who go through their social media and just see negative thing after negative thing after negative thing and comment negative thing after negative thing, you know, they're not using it the way that would truly benefit them, um, which is you can if I need a how to or learn something, I hate to admit it, but like I'm on TikTok, you know, like I'm looking that up. We painted the other day. I'm like looking up little hacks, you know, what colors I should use. Um, so there's so much good that can come from social media, but it's a lot about, again, this is just like the whole theme of today's episode, I guess, but intentionality, you know, you have to go into it understanding that there is a lot of bad stuff out there that you can find, but if you are intentional about how you use your social media, it can be so extremely beneficial. Hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. I want to sort of uh, take a hard right turn. You mentioned yeah. this earlier. Something I really wanted to talk to you about was your bodybuilding competition. Mm -hmm. I, I have a few friends who've competed and uh, I watched one of my friends sort of go through the whole journey of competing and then saw her get on stage. Uh, very few people understand how hard it is to do that like it's it's so hard like all people see from a from a bird's eye view is like oh that person just like exercised and sort of did some eating stuff and and they got on stage like it's like yeah. so can you explain to people who don't understand i know it's your first time i don't know if you're going to do it again but your whole journey your thought process um and it makes sense as to why when you're finished with it that you went into a sort of rut because you sort of reached the destination um, and as people, we sort of need things to, to reach for, but now I think you've fallen in love with the process of doing the thing. Uh, so that's awesome. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. So I, even I went into it with no idea of what it was that I was really getting myself into it. Um, I knew that I wanted to do it because one, it was something that I had on my bucket list since I was 18 years old. I had 
thought about it numerous times, but never was mentally ready for that kind of challenge. Um, so I knew that this past fall, I was ready for that. I was ready to not drink on the weekends because you got to totally cut that out. I was ready to, you know, have the physical challenge, have um, the me versus me challenge. And I wanted to learn a lot throughout the process. I wanted to just be a sponge as far as learning about myself, learning about, uh, you know, that included uh, being a client, being a trainer, learning about exercise, you know, at that next level that I hadn't done yet, learning about nutrition at that next level that I haven't done yet. Um, and so I went into it with that mindset that was, I'm going to be a sponge. This is going to be a learning process from start to finish. And regardless of the outcome, I'm going to enjoy the process. So I think that that was number one was that I went into it understanding that the point of it was not the stage. The point of it was the process. Hmm. So that was very helpful for my mental health throughout the process. Um, what went into it was definitely more than what I, uh, could have even imagined, but um, the amount of exercise that I was doing was so far from what I had ever done before, just the hours and the intensity. Um, so that was number one that really kind of threw me off because I have never been a person to be unmotivated as far as exercise goes. I've, I have always really enjoyed it since I got into it at 18-ish, 17, 18. Um, so that was big for me. And that was something that uh, was a struggle because I dreaded going to the gym. I mean, I peeled myself out of that door and I made myself do it, but um, I dreaded it. As far as nutrition went, uh, there were a lot of days where I went to bed hungry or I, you know, wanted to cheat because I was hungry or I hadn't had sugar that day or whatever it was. Um, and I, I wanted so badly to cheat. So that was the, you know, me versus me. Who are you cheating? You're, you're, you're only cheating yourself kind of a mm -hmm. thing. You know, I, I can tell my trainer that I did everything that I was supposed to that week, but if I'm lying to him, I'm really only, you know, cheating myself, like I said. So um, that was the next thing. And then just the, um, the, you can quit at any time feeling, you know, I, I could have quit. And I had multiple times where even I sat down, you know, my fiance and my friends and I said, four ish weeks out, four to five weeks out, I said, I don't know if I want to do it. You know, I've gotten this far. Um, I know that the next four to five weeks is going to be grueling and you know i i free will baby i i can quit at any time you know um and again just having that what do you want because nobody else is going to tell you you have to do this nobody else is going to tell you to quit it's 100 percent what do you want and why do you want that so if you want to quit why do you want to quit if you want to stay in it, why do you want to stay in it? Um, so it was a lot of, you know, learning about myself, why I wanted to compete, why I started this process in general, everything that I had done up to this process. And if I wanted to quit on, you know, that girl that went into it in the first place. Mm -hmm. And so I think coming out of it, I became such a better trainer, one, because that is 
something that I've always preached, but not necessarily something that I've struggled with enjoying the process and reminding yourself of your why. Um, and that's, you know, a big reason why I went into it was so that I could become a big, better trainer. So that was really cool. One was to, um, have that experience of, okay, it's going to be hard, but this is why you did it and keep reminding yourself of why it's important that you finish it. Um, and then learning about, you know, myself as a person, I have always enjoyed my free will. So like, if I don't love doing something, I'm going to quit. Uh, there has been numerous times where I have started something and I've ended up quitting on myself because it wasn't fun anymore. So getting through something, even though I very well could have quit on myself and getting to that finish line was the most incredible experience. And again, made me a better trainer because of it, because I can speak to how worth it it is to not quit on yourself. Um, so those, all of those, you know, being said after the competition was done, I, I, immediately wanted to get back on stage. I had such an amazing experience. I, you know, there were ups and downs and there were times where I wanted to quit, but at the end of the day, I felt like on top of the world, like I, I did it. I did what I set my mind to. I didn't quit on myself. Um, and then I got a little bit more realistic as the weeks went on, which was you went into it for this reason, you know, to learn about yourself, to become a better trainer, to become a good client, to become a little bit stronger, tougher mentally. Um, and I did it. So I, a few weeks went on and I thought about competing again. And I just had that thought process, which was, you don't want to be a career competitor, which those career competitors are absolutely incredible. Mm. Um, you know, it's, it's, it is unbelievable what they do every single year and what they put their bodies through and their minds through. Um, but I knew that that was not for me. And so that was kind of the next piece of the puzzle was being content doing one and not ever doing it again. So that's kind of where I transitioned into, which is why then I got a little lost, you know, mm -hmm. where do I go from here? Um, but it was really, truly one of the best experiences that I've ever, I have ever gone through. Yeah. Well, congratulations on doing that. Um, from Thank what you. I know, uh, it's, it's so hard. And just to be able to say that you did it, you competed, you got out there. Uh, it's incredible. It shows exactly the person you are and the person you're capable of being. And there's so many lessons that can be extrapolated from that experience into anything else. Like, you know, God forbid, right? You go through a tough time in your life. You're like, yeah, this shit is really hard, but I'm, I'm harder. I'm stronger. Like right. persevere and keep moving forward. I got this. Like, and people like people who don't play sports or compete, like don't understand how you can transfer those skills. Right. And, but that's why it's so important. That's why youth young kids playing sports these lessons are so important like you get beat 15 to 0 in your baseball game on saturday are you going to show up on sunday right it would suck you're playing the same team they might beat you again they might talk shit again but are you going to show up are you the person who keeps showing up and that's the lessons you learn from competing from doing hard things from having a beginner's mindset from going out there and just trying like not trying to be the best in the world at anything, like being the best in the world is for the best in the world, right? We're just people 
trying to do stuff that's hard and fills our cup and and makes us feel like a real human and like gives us the strength to do other stuff that is going to happen in our life. So like amazing job, Hannah. Like that's like I, I I've been working out since I was like 13 and I don't ever want to do that because it's just <laughs> like not for me, but like I see the people doing it and I got a buddy who wants to compete next year and like it's awesome. And it, you just see what your body can do. And it's like, it's amazing. It's amazing. So wonderful and job. And I think you become an even better trainer because of it. Cause I know personally that you're helping my fiance. So, but go ahead and cut you <laughs> off. Oh no, that's okay. You know, I, I really appreciate that. Cause I think definitely that was something that I saw um, in myself was just being more on top of all of those things, you know, as far as mindset goes with all of my clients. But um, I think a big, big, big thing as far as bodybuilding goes that I think isn't addressed well enough within the community is, are you truly mentally ready to do this? Um, because if you're not, it, it is not worth it. Mm -hmm. uh, the, the physical challenge, the mental challenge, what you put your body through and your mind through is not worth if you are going to suffer mentally. Um, mm. I know there are so many people that have said that they wish that they would have stopped after one show because they enjoyed the first show so much, of course, went ahead and did another one. And then the more that you do, the more that you realize how much harder it is on yourself mentally, because you're constantly seeing yourself in your absolute best shape. You will never look like that again because it is unhealthy and it is not sustainable. So you really have to be okay with um, and mentally ready to see yourself in a shape that you will never ever in your life see yourself like again. Um, also, you know, people having food aversions after the fact, uh, never wanting to see or smell chicken for you know the rest of their life. There's a lot of things that go into it that is, you know, again, I'm so thankful that I did it but I was mentally ready for it. And there's a reason why it took me 10 years to actually say yes and follow through doing it because I knew that if I would have earlier, um, you know, when I was younger, I would not have been in the um, place that I am now as far as, you know, getting to the end of it and being like, wow, that was an incredible experience. Yeah. Well, kudos. I have a couple more things I want to talk to you about. One cool. being that there's uh, maybe it's not as prevalent now but there's always been this misconception or myth that if uh women lift heavy weights they're going to look like men um please can you talk about that for all of the <laughs> women out there who may be worried about going to the gym or lifting weights or thinking about that sort of thing yes um so definitely a myth and and i am very thankful that the fitness community has a lot of that mindset has shifted. However, I still get clients to this day that that are worried about that. So number one, you have to eat a lot to put on any kind of weight. And I'm talking, I was eating a disgusting amount to put on like 10 pounds, you know, a couple of years ago um, when I was bulking. So you have to eat more than you would ever be happy to be eating, to put on any kind of weight. So that's number one. Number two is that women just don't have the testosterone levels that men do to put on the kind of muscle that men do. Um, and even for men, it's hard to put on, you know, a ton of muscle. So you have to understand that our bodies are just not 
made up the same way that men's are, where you're going to do a couple of shoulder press and have, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger shoulders. <laughs> That's just not physically possible. So um, what I like to tell women, especially, is that we would literally need you on a 3,500 calorie diet to have you on any kind of bulk where you're seeing significant muscle mass increase um, and feeling like you're you're gaining size. Um, most women that come to me are eating 1200. So, mm -hmm. you know, we got to triple that if you want to put on any size. So that usually is uh, helpful with women to be like, oh, I couldn't eat that much even if I tried anyways. Um, so, you know, that's not a problem for me. It is an interesting myth that has been um, debunked, but still something that women are unfortunately some, not all, um, but are still a little bit worried about. I will say, though, in my consultation sessions, there are a lot more women today that are excited to, you know, become muscle mommies and uh, add muscle and see that they're getting stronger and more defined and everything. And I think that is so, so cool to see how the community has grown um, for women in fitness. Yeah, it's amazing. It's amazing. And um, I was listening to this guy named Peter Atia talk who wrote about who talks about longevity and health span. And he said the top two things for living a longer, healthier life is one is VO2, your VO2 max, and two is how strong you are. So if you want to live a longer, healthier life, you try to get as strong as you can. And that's not trying to get as big as you can. That's just trying to get as strong as you can in multiple different planes. Um, and so I thought that was really cool. Uh, and so for all my women out there who are getting after it, cheers to you. You guys are crushing it. Muscle mommies or whatever the TikTok yeah. trend is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is. It is so cool to see. And, you know, especially as you get older, it's so important to focus on strength rather than cardio. I mean, both, of course, just like you said, VO2 max is, you know, that second factor, but it is so important to focus on your strength for your bone health, for your organ health, for your brain health. Um, and I think that's something that in the past has gone overlooked because uh, a lot of you know, people as they are getting older, they are going for walks and they think that that's, you know, the appropriate amount of exercise. My parents are perfect examples. My dad is like, I'm good. I go for walks every day. You know, I work around the house. But in reality, if you don't have muscle on your body, especially as you age, you're not going to age very well because your bones are going to start to hurt. They're going to get less dense. Your organs are going to suffer. So um, that muscle mass is very, it's way more important than just aesthetics. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. If all you did was try and get as strong as possible and move for 10,000 steps a day, you'd be absolutely crushing it. Mm -hmm. So yeah. I, 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 it fires me up to watch my fiance deadlift 300 pounds. Ah, uh, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It's, I can't it's... watch her do it in the same gym as her because you know, uh, we have to leave the gym, but <laughs> but when she comes home and she shows me the video of her doing it, that's the perfect spot. That's where it's perfect for her to show me that video. Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And 
like I said uh, earlier, I last week was in the gym and every squat rack is taken by women. And um, I mentioned this in one of my stories the other day, but even like there were two friends, girlfriends that were on two different racks and they combined onto one and another girl came up. So we had like 10 women just deep on these squat racks, you know, and, and a long line of men waiting for them. And um, <laughs> the one of the trainers had or uh employees had come up to uh tell a couple of the girls that they needed to hurry up you know they had people waiting whatever it was and i've got a good relationship with this employee so i um was chatting with him after he had done that and i was like what's going on you know why why are you hurrying these girls off the squat rack and he's like uh member complaints and i'm looking over at the long line of men that are waiting for these squat racks and i uh told him you know the situation how they combined and how they were you know working their asses off they were squatting the whole time every every girl there was doing something that was awesome and uh he actually went up to them and, and apologized and said hey you know my friend over there hannah she just told me that you've been working your asses off over here and like I'm sorry, I shouldn't have rushed you off of that equipment. Like you, you deserve to be on that just as much as, you know, the dudes that are waiting in line. And, you know, I'm over here melting, like, thank you. <laughs> Thanks for writing your wrong, you know, but it's, it's, there is a huge wave going on in the fitness community with women and um, just the confidence that you see in women going to the gym now and getting stronger and all of that and the messy muscle mommy culture is like the best thing that could have ever happened to the fitness community, in my opinion. Yeah, I'll take your word for it. So since you're, <laughs> you're involved much more than I am. But last thing I want to ask you about is this, um, this challenge you got going on and, and your community that you've created that my fiance is a part of. Yeah, so we are starting our 45 day challenge on August 1st. It is the first challenge of its kind within my online community, and I am over the stinking moon for it. Um, so it's called the 96% challenge, which is essentially um, what are you doing with the other 96% of your day outside of that one hour workout, which I just learned like last week, your one hour workout is 4% of your day crazy statistic. Um, that just kind of blew my mind because it is what was happening to me. I was super consistent with my workouts. I never missed a day. You know, I, I would get in five to six days of workouts a week. Um, and that was kind of my bare minimum of, okay, I'm, I'm staying healthy, but then whenever I realized that my days were scatterbrained, my days, you know, I'm feeling anxious, I'm feeling sleepless at night, et cetera, et cetera. It was because I wasn't focusing on the other 96% of my day. So the 96% challenge is going to be focusing on those other habits that we're doing or not doing throughout the rest of our day. So each week we will have a physical challenge, which is, you know, 10,000 steps that week, maybe it's 50 push-ups that day, something to get you active um, and intentional with your activity outside of that one hour of exercise. We'll also do a habit challenge each week that will build on itself. So at the end of the seven, eight weeks-ish, you'll have seven new habits that you've formed. So like I said earlier, super simple, you know, five minute habits that you can do each day that's super attainable. And then each week we'll have guest speakers that come in and speak on 
some topic. So everything from nutrition to hormone health, um, we have a chiropractor coming in that's going to be talking about joint pain and how, you know, different chiropractic practices can be used to benefit you. So um, really just kind of leveling up everybody's lives outside of what they're already doing. So in July, we did a 30-day challenge that's just get your shit together, be on top of your workout programming, be on top of your check-ins, do the bare minimum, because then we're leveling up in August and September. So uh, I think we talked about, you know, when this airs, it'll be about two weeks in. Um, so I am just, I'm so excited about it. It's going to be awesome. Yeah, that's fantastic. That's a beautiful challenge. Um, and if you're listening and you want to find more on Hannah and what she does, best place to go is Instagram, which is linked in the show notes. And then everything from there, if you feel like booking a consultation or you want to ask her questions or you want to look at the viral video, <laughs> it's uh, <laughs> it's all right there on Instagram. And she does respond to her DMs, um, so which is awesome. Uh, so do that if you uh, if you feel like chatting with her more or you want more information or you want to uh, anything. So that's where I found her. That's where my fiance found her. Uh, so yeah, that's where you can find Hannah. But thank you. Thank you for coming on the show. Thanks for sharing your knowledge uh, and your information and your time. I really do appreciate it. Thank you so much, Aaron. This has been awesome. I'm, I can't wait for it to air. Yeah. Cheers. And uh, we'll see you guys later. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to that episode. What was your biggest takeaway? What idea resonated with you most deeply that you could potentially implement into your life today? And if you enjoyed that episode, please share it with a friend because the podcast grows from people like you sharing it with people like you. And please don't forget to leave us a rating or review on Spotify or Apple or even Good Pods. But the best way to support this podcast is through Patreon. Patreon.com slash Aaron Mashbits directly supports me, this podcast, and my mental health nonprofit, You Are Loved. But, but most importantly, most importantly, above all else, above all else, please, please take good care of yourselves and each other. And I'll see you next time. Lots of love. Cheers.